Dr. Mike here. What does machine learning and psychiatry have in common? My next guest will tell us. Stay tuned. This is Live Forever-ish with Michael A. Smith, MD. Here's Dr. Mike. I got to tell you, when I see somebody who is using AI technology, artificial intelligence, machine learning, which is kind of a, a, a part of that, I get excited because I really think that the, I, I, I just think it's the future of, of medicine. I think it's the future of how we are going to understand disease, uh, how we're going to be treating disease. And I think it's just a fascinating field. Um, I, I don't I want to know more about it. Um, so I'm letting my audience know that I am not an expert in AI or machine learning, but I just love it. I love the topic. And so does my guest. She is Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. She is a neurobiologist. She received her Ph.D. from UCLA. She served as director of research for the Amen Clinics from 2009 to 2016. I've talked about Dr. Amen on my show before. And she has co-authored 52 scientific papers that have been published in peer-reviewed journals, so she knows what she's talking about. Dr. Willemeyer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Mike. I really appreciate being a guest on your show today and talking about a really amazing topic. Yeah, I, it, I, I'm like a little kid when it comes to like AI technology and because it's one of those things where, you know, I want to know more. Um, I, I almost wish I had time to go back and learn more computer science and that kind of stuff. But, um, as you know, it's, it's, we're in busy careers and it's hard to do that. But, um, I, let me, let me start with this question and, uh, it's just kind of a, a broad general question for you. Sure. Where, where do you see machine learning and psychiatry going in the future? How are they going to marry together to move forward the practice of psychiatry? That's a wonderful question to start with. And for those of us who are in the field of psychiatry, we understand that the field as a whole has a lack of objective biomarkers, um, such as neuroimaging biomarkers or genetic biomarkers, that really help us figure out how to treat psychiatric disorders. So um, many of the disorders are very complex and highly comorbid, meaning that anxiety and depression will go together. You might have ADHD and anxiety. So a lot of times we're faced as clinicians with multiple treatment options. And because a lot of times the symptoms can cluster together, it can be very challenging in differentiating which types of diseases somebody has. Um, for example, traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress disorder, they can have overlapping symptoms if the treatments are very different. Mm, so we yeah. can use machine learning technology to help us really delineate which treatments are going to work best for which disorders. So we think of it as a way to, again, acutely diagnose a disorder or even a disorder like depression, which when I was working at the Amen Clinic, there are very specific neurobiological patterns in the brain that go with different types of depression. And those patterns, we typically would utilize very specific and targeted treatments to get the best patient outcome. So um, if you're not going to go to a neuroimaging clinic like the Amen Clinic and have that kind of data available to actually differentiate what kind of depression mm -hmm. you have, 
we can use technologies like machine learning to very quickly diagnose the type of depression, and then number two, figure out which treatments are going to be most effective for you. And again, in psychiatry, because antidepressants can have a lot of side effects, people don't want to have to go through multiple rounds of medications to get to the right one for the effective outcome. Right, right, right. I I, I like what you, you know, as I've grown as a clinician, as a medical doctor, you know, gaining experience. And one of the things that I've learned, and, and, it, and, and it's not just in psychiatry, it's really in, in almost any, any specialty. I, I've learned that, let's just take depression as an example, that, that mm-hmm. there's, so we can say somebody's depressed, but what we, what we, what maybe we're now just starting to appreciate this more is how that is manifested, both in a pathophysiological way and a behavioral way can be very different from one individual to another. And I, th- I think we're starting to appreciate that more. It's not just depression. There's different types and there's different ways that people express that. And knowing that I think is going to lead to uh, better outcomes, I think, down the line. And so that's that's do you see machine learning ultimately helping us to better understand how these psychiatric disorders, whether it's depression, ADHD, and kids, autism, is it going to help us understand these disease processes better, understand the different variants, and lead to better outcomes? Absolutely. So machine learning is designed to look for very specific patterns. And so when we talk about something like depression, um, depression sort of with my background, when we use neurobiology and brain imaging to target treatment for patients with depression, we saw that there were various types. So, for example, if we saw increased activity in the anterior cingulate gyrus, we knew that those patients are probably going to respond best to SSRIs. Um, Alternatively, if we see low functioning in the prefrontal cortex, and they have symptoms of depression, they might respond more positively to an SNRI. So having neuroimaging data really helps us target the treatment of psychiatric disorders like depression. So with machine learning, what you can do is take neuroimaging data, or you can even just take clinical variables from um, patient reports, put all of that together, and the machine will then learn what patterns they're seeing in the brain correlate right. with what clinical symptoms and then which um, medications are going to be the best targeted treatment for that individual. So in answer to your question, it's an absolute yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating to me that this is, this is kind of where we're at in medicine now, right? It's like, it's such a, we're at, we're at, we're, at, we're at, it's a, it's a long journey still, right? We're, we're, but we're at that beginning, that beginning step of understanding this and using AI technology, machine learning to help us to ultimately take better care, you know, of our patients, have better, have better outcomes. I, I guess sometimes when we hear things like this, Dr. Willemeyer, um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it's almost like, is this like, where are we at with it? Is it still, is this still all theoretical? Um, you know, is this all oh, bench this is, work in the lab? Is. Like, where is this? <laughs> This is ready for prime time. Now, let me, I've got to share with you because I thought this was so fascinating. I was 
looking up some information on how we're using machine learning in Alzheimer's disease. And, you know, right now we cannot diagnose Alzheimer's in the living. It's really only diagnosed at autopsy. Right, right. And there have been groups who've been using brain imaging data to be able to train machines to be able to discern if somebody has Alzheimer's and how, if their Alzheimer's symptoms will progress or not. But in looking into this research, I thought this was really fascinating and I wanted to share it with you. There's a group um, out of Harvard and MIT. So MIT created this box that they put into an assisted living facility. The box emits a signal and it was created to actually detect if people fall or not. So, you know, they really just designed it as a fall detector. Mm. So instead of wearing the sensors to detect a fall, um, they're using this device which emits a signal that can detect motion. Well, as they started gathering data and the machine was gathering data, it started gathering additional data on sleep patterns and movement patterns. And now Mm. they're using it to detect changes in movements that could lead to Alzheimer's disease. This is going on right Ooh. now, and it's it's just fascinating. So it shows that AI is being used in multiple platforms across multiple diseases, and I think there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah. And for those who are, again, in the field of psychiatry or neurology, we know that we want to address issues early on, right? We want to address them for Alzheimer's disease. It starts 20 years in the brain before you have a symptom. So if we have a way to detect it where we can actually use treatments that could slow down the progression, that's what we want to do. Or in psychiatry, if we can address what type of depression you have and treat it immediately with the right medication, you have a better quality of life. That's what we want to do. And that's what's happening. So we talked a little bit about depression. What about autism do you see? Because that's another um, disease that really is represented by a spectrum, right? So where do you see machine learning and autism coming into play? Well, this so spectrum disorders like autism are wonderful tools um, to use with machine learning because with autism, it has such a diverse clinical picture. So you have people who are high-functioning autistics, And then you have people on the other end of the spectrum who have very serious communication issues and other deficits. So we use machine learning to actually see if we could easily differentiate between somebody who had autism disease and somebody who was a healthy individual. Um, So I'll just share briefly what we did was compare 928 individuals who had autism and compared them with 100 healthy controls. And what you do is you teach the machine how to learn how to differentiate those two groups. And we did it through neuroimaging, which is, again, one of the classic tools Mm -hmm. that people are using with machine learning. That's how we train the machine to differentiate. And what we found with our studies were the machine was able to have an 81% accuracy in differentiating the two groups. So what does that mean for the person coming into the clinic? If we scanned you and put that scan through the machine, we would know with an 81% accuracy if you have the disorder or not. And I think for people who struggle with autism, a disease that is actually can take up to 13 months, it can take 
quite a bit of time to get a diagnosis. Having that accurate diagnosis early, um, especially if, if you're a child, you can start the interventions early because the brain is going through that very specific sort of developmental progression. Yeah. Starting a treatment at age four versus age right. eight yeah. can have tremendous differences in school and yeah. across sort of other dimensions of life. I, and that's and that's how I, I see all of this, you know, technology in general, right? I mean, it, it, it the, the, the number one thing is that it improves outcomes, right? I mean, that's what we all want yes. at the end of the day. And when you have these exactly. very difficult to diagnose, very difficult to treat uh, psychiatric disorders, being able to do that better, right, with more efficiency leads to better outcomes. And I think that's that's what that's the goal at the that's end. The at the end of it's the day, it's the goal. It's yeah. the goal of every person we've worked with. You know, who who came to our clinic. I mean, can you imagine you've you've gone to three to four treatment providers and are still trying to find the right medication and the right diagnosis. So to be able to have these tools available that can spot things that the clinicians might miss. I mean, these yeah. machines have the capability to really discern signals that radiologists can miss when looking at uh, neuroimaging. So I think we can harness the power of technology to really help us live healthier lives. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a great summary of it all. Now, um, if you are listening and you want to learn more about the work that Dr. Willemeyer is doing, she does have a website. It's drwillemeyer.com. I am going to spell this out just so everybody can get it down. It's D R. W-I-L-L-E-U-M-I-E-R dot com. And you can check out what she's doing. Dr. Willemar, th- fascinating work. I'm so oh, happy you came on you. to talk about this. We Obviously, there's this is more than one podcast, right? There's this could this could be several podcasts in a series, you know, it where could. we're going with this. But <laughs> I again thank you so much for coming on today. You're listening to Live Foreverish. For more podcasts, please visit liveforeverish.com. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.